Nobody wants to believe that the 2020 election was stolen. That's not what people want to believe. The reason that people don't accept the results of the 2020 election still is because of behavior from the Democratic Party. I mean, in 2016 and in 2017, after Trump defeated Hillary Clinton, the left made the same claims. Hillary Clinton made the same claims. Joe Biden agreed, even as late as 2019, with some supporter of his who said, I just don't believe that, that uh, you know, Donald Trump is, a, is the legitimate president. I believe he's illegitimate in my mind. And Joe Biden said, I agree. So this isn't exclusive to the Republican Party. It's not exclusive to the right that we reject an election. This started with the Democratic Party. But the Democratic Party's claim in 2016 with the stolen election in which Hillary Clinton was defeated, well, they claimed that it was Russia collusion, that the Russians somehow interfered in our elections. You know, they didn't talk about uh, issues at the polls. They weren't alleging that... uh, you know, mail-in ballots, you know, were coming in and that the Supreme Court in Pennsylvania was unconstitutionally altering election laws so that the Republicans could win. The Democrats weren't alleging in 2016 that, you know, different precincts that were red, that were Republican, were curing ballots. They weren't alleging that we voted twice or three times or four times. That wasn't their allegation. Their allegation was that the Russians put out disinformation. They used Facebook. They used social media to somehow give Donald Trump an advantage. And, of course, that was proven to be false. We had to endure, you know, over a year of these claims that Donald Trump had colluded with Russia, and they were founded on nothing. They were baseless. That, that has no similarity to what we're talking about in 2020. I mean, in 2020, it was absolutely unprecedented in our lifetimes. What, what took place there? Donald Trump was leading in the swing states. He was leading in Wisconsin and Michigan. He was leading in Arizona. He was leading in Georgia. And these states just stopped counting votes in the middle of the night. We talked about State Farm Arena in Atlanta, Georgia, a blue area. That never got investigated. That never, the Democratic Party never made efforts to alleviate, to, to calm our fears. And that's the problem. That's really what the issue is here. You know, State Farm Arena, again, to remind you, I mean, that was when we're watching, you know, Fox News, and it's 10.30 p.m., and all of a sudden, you know, it looks like Donald Trump's going to clinch Georgia. And 10.30, State Farm Arena, in the bluest district, one of the most populous districts and areas in Georgia, well, they're the ones who just stopped counting votes. And the reason that the Democratic Party gave was that a pipe had burst. And, of course, we know later that a pipe didn't burst, they came out later and clarified and said, no, 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 a pipe didn't interrupt anything. It was actually a leaky urinal, urinal, which, of course, would have no interruption of the counting of ballots. And then we hear from somebody else who says, you know, well, we, we, we told them to go home for the night and we're going to come back and start counting votes. We told the, uh, the poll watchers to go home. We told the vote counters to go home. And then the poll watchers went home 
And we have the video, of course, the infamous video that was in the room of the poll watchers leaving. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of ballots are pulled out in these containers from beneath tables who, that were hidden from view. This entire vote counting process in which the poll watchers were in the room and they start counting votes. And then the, the reason they give that these votes were counted was that, oh, well, you know, we got a call from the election director and he said to keep counting, not to go home. So it just doesn't square. I mean, it's suspicious on its face. You send the poll watchers home and then after they go home and leave and you have the room to yourself, then poll counters pull out these votes that weren't present before in front of anyone's eyes and start counting them throughout the night. I mean, what they told us in terms of trying to make us feel like everything was okay there was just, oh, nothing, nothing happened, you know. Uh, you, you, what you saw didn't actually happen. Uh, you're just, you know, it's all, it's, uh, it's been fact-checked. So what you, what you saw with your own eyes, you actually didn't see with your own eyes. That's not helping the situation. And then we had the Supreme Court issue in Pennsylvania in which the Supreme Court unconstitutionally circumvented the, the state legislature. Because remember, the state constitution in Pennsylvania says that the state legislature, which is Republican-controlled, has the, has the um, well, they're the only ones with the authority to alter uh, the election laws of the state. So when the Supreme Court then extended voting deadlines and so on and so forth against the policies and laws passed by the state legislature, well, that was unconstitutional on its face. They didn't have the right to do it constitutionally. They didn't have the constitutional authority. So that meant that everything counted after a certain period of time that was against what the state legislature had already agreed to shouldn't have been counted just by a matter of the law. But that didn't happen either. And then we had, of course, in Pennsylvania as well, the curing of ballots. So this violated the Constitution, the Equal Protection Clause. Because what happened was, you know, look, we had historically high numbers of mail-in ballots, right? Never before in our history have we just sent out tens of millions of absentee ballots. You know, we didn't, you know, fix the voter rolls. We just sent out these ballots to... Anybody who was on the voter rolls. And we know that people move constantly, things like this. So, so that should have been cleaned up. Those voter rolls should be cleaned up before that ever happened. But that didn't happen either. And so in Pennsylvania, what happened was certain Democratic-controlled uh, run counties, well, they were looking at these mail-in ballots and maybe the signature was wrong or something. Something about that mail-in ballot didn't make it um, worthy of acceptance. It would have been rejected based on the law. And so they called these residents, these individuals, they got in touch with them who sent these mail-in ballots in that didn't pass. And they, they, they fixed them so that they could count them. But they didn't do this across the board for everyone. They only did it in certain select circumstances. That too is unfair, okay? And, you know, time after time we have these instances you know, things just didn't pass the smell test. When you have like, when you have historically high mail-in ballots coming in and simultaneously historically low rejection rates, that is to say you have more mail-in ballots than ever being submitted and you have the lowest rejection rates ever. That doesn't make any sense. If, if people are putting in, you know, submitting these mail-in ballots for the first time 
with inexperience and you're rejecting fewer fewer of them than you were in previous years when you didn't have as many coming in, that doesn't make sense either. It's impossible. It just defies logic. And the Democratic Party today, well, look, I mean, as soon as, as, soon as uh, Biden was declared the winner and they built that phony office of the president-elect to try and give him the superficial appearance of being the inaugurated one, you know, the coronated one, well, we never got any justice. We never got any, the investigation that we needed. If the Democratic Party actually cared about this nation and cared about having trust and cared about getting all the, I mean, it was a divided country. Everyone was digging their heels in. Trump supporters hated the Biden camp. The Biden camp hated the Trump people. I mean, this was a bad, bad situation. We were so divided. And so if the Democratic Party actually cared about unifying this nation, they would have done everything they could to make sure that every American felt secure that there was no phony business in this election. But they didn't do that. They scoffed. They made fun of us. They accused Donald Trump of just, you know, being a sore loser. They, they accused him of being, uh, of threatening our democracy. And they did the same to us, even though there was very real reason to be suspicious. And even today, the actions of the Democratic Party continue to push forward and make it very clear in our minds who don't accept this idea that, he, that, that uh, Joe Biden somehow got 80 million votes. Well, they continue to do everything they can to prohibit any auditing. They won't allow any careful analysis of what happened. And look, I mean, if you're a confident person who believes in what you've done, if you actually say, I've done nothing wrong, I have nothing to hide, why are you acting like you have something to hide? If you are so secure that you got 80 million votes, why would you not say, yes, go ahead and audit everything? Because you're not going to find anything. The, the results are going to be the same. If that's what you need, you know, do it that way if you're a Democrat. Even if you're a horrible, mean, rude person who just wants to spend your life, which they do, ridiculing conservatives and Republicans say, oh, okay, fine, you guys, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll indulge in your stupid little conspiracy theory since you think there was funny business. Yeah, go ahead. Audit all 50 states. Go ahead. Go ahead and do it. I dare you to do it because you're not going to find a you-know-what thing. But they're not doing that. They're still acting like they're trying to hide something. And that's what the point of that State Farm Arena thing was. What are you trying to hide? I mean, it's wrong to, to conduct these counts in the absence of poll watchers. And of course, if the shoe was on the other foot, so to speak, I mean, there would be outrage. Can you imagine if Republicans had changed election laws unilaterally? Can you imagine if Republicans had told poll watchers to go home and then pulled out a stash of ballots and started counting them through the night? And told the media that the reason they stopped counting was because a pipe burst. But then you find out that a pipe didn't burst and the Trump administration was lying. And then the Trump administration is saying, oh, well, you know, uh, we told them to go home. But then we called them and we said, actually, keep going. No, they would be, well, the, the, the cities would be on fire. But I want to I get into something here. It's going to take a minute. But I want to say this. What do the 2017 World Series and 2020 presidential election have in common? Because I think this is, is a fun point to make. 
And this can get our base fired up here. Now, look, remember, in 2016, it's the Houston Astros. They won 84 games. This is 2016, and they finished third in their division. All right, and the year before, in 2015, they won 86 games. And so two years in a row, here you have the Houston Astros failing to live up to their expectations. They disappoint their fans. So in the offseason after 2016, they made a, you know, a few changes, nothing major, but a few changes to the roster because they wanted to make a playoff run in 2017. So as the start of the 2017 season approached, expectations are high. Uh, the Astros, you know, they want to prove to their fans and their opponents that they have what it takes to win, that they're the real deal. They're going to do it this time and make everyone happy. They're not a laughing stock. And so 2017 arrives. And the baseball world is watching with, with wonder, with excitement, as the Astros clinched their division. They won 101 games. Now, the year before, they won 84, and then they won 101 games. This is a remarkable turning, turnaround, to say the least, right? So fans, they're cheering with excitement as the Astros proved to the world that they were made of championship material. And they go to the World Series to face the Dodgers. And they defeated the Dodgers, of course. And a sports journalist at CNN, they described the World Series contest between uh, the Astros and the Dodgers. They said, it's one of the most evenly matched, hard-fought, and thrilling World Series of all time. It went all the way to a Game 7, winner take all, and the Astros won. They defeated the Dodgers 5-1. to one. They won the World Series for the first time in their 55-year history. And uh, the Dodgers and their fans were devastated. They thought they had it in the bag. The Dodgers had been one of the best teams year after year. And here come the Astros, who don't seem to have a chance in H-E double hockey sticks. And they beat the Dodgers. And now A.J. Hinch, of course, the Astros manager after they won, he, he proudly proclaimed, you know, you know what, Houston? You're a championship city. But were they? All right? Here's where it gets good and the similarity goes. Now, back in September, remember, we're still talking about the World Series season, the Astros. You know, back in September, so they're a month and a half away from, from, from winning the World Series. They're playing the Chicago White Sox. All right? And Danny Farquhar, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but Danny Farquhar, I believe it is. So he's the pitcher for the White Sox. And he says, after playing the Dodgers at their, at their home turf in Houston, he said he heard the sound of a banging trash can coming from the Astros' dugout while he was pitching. But more importantly, he said he only noticed this trash can banging every time he was about to throw an off-speed pitch. Now, it turned out, of course, that the trash can banging was intentional. Danny Farquhar was hearing this trash can banging every time he was about to throw an off-speed pitch, not because it was a coincidence— but because this Flintstonian garage band made up of Astros players in the dugout who are banging the trash can, they were actually alerting the Astros' batter on the plate of the coming off-speed pitch. The Astros were cheating because they'd set up a camera in the outfield in Houston to see the pitch signs between their opponent's pitcher and catcher. What, you think I should... Well, my wife's looking at me. I don't know if she knows... She, she loves the song, Take Me Out to the Ball Game, and the hot dogs, and, and the beer. But, um, she, 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 okay, I should clarify this. All right. 
So, you know, the pitching signs, you know, that's that you've got a pitcher and a catcher, right? And the catcher's the one who's got his mitt up there. He's hunched down, crouched down below the plate, and he's putting down fingers, one finger, two finger, three fingers. And they mean, you know, hit, throw a fastball, throw a curveball. So they're, he's communicating to the pitcher what pitch he wants the pitcher to throw. And so if it's an off-speed pitch, a changeup, for example, something that's not a fastball, well, I mean, they, look, it gives you an advantage in the sport, right? I mean, the whole thing is the batter doesn't know what kind of pitch is coming. And that's the hard part. All right, figuring out what pitch is coming, and then when you see what is, what's coming, hitting the ball. All right, that's what's amazing about these, these players, hitting these balls that are coming in at different speeds, etc. So it's like a chess match. But the Dodgers were cheating because they were had a camera set up and they could see the fingers that were going down by the catcher to tell the pitcher what to throw. And then they were telling the batter, the Astros batter at the plate, what pitch to expect. So they were cheating. All right. Gave them an unfair advantage. And so anyway, this is going on. And hold on. Um, sorry, I got an interview here on a radio show later. I just got an update. Uh, so, all right, it got pushed back. Perfect. More time to talk to you. Okay. So, uh, anyway, by the time this cheating scandal was discovered and investigated of the Astros, well, the Astros had already been declared the 2017 World Series champions. So you could say they stole the championship, and they did, right? But the season couldn't be replayed, could it? And the Los Angeles Dodgers, they couldn't be declared the winners instead, could they? Do you see my point? Something eerily similar happened in our 2020 presidential election. Now, the Astros were failures, right? Winning 80-something games before they had this big 101-game uh, victory in the season they won the World Series. But Joe Biden was like that. Joe Biden had flamed out in spectacular fashion when he sought the Democrat Party nomination in 1988. And then in 2020, remember, he, he, this guy, I mean, he practically crawled across the finish line on his hands and knees. Remember he had that debate with, um, well, with all of them, the however many, 20 people, whatever. And uh, he got exposed as the Democrat Party's leading anti-busing crusader in the 70s. That's when Kamala Harris called him out on it, right? So this guy was against busing in the 70s. He was pro-segregation. And so how could the Democrat Party nominate a man who had fought for segregation? Well, they did. So they selected Joe Biden, and then they had to go about and complete their roster and they selected, of course, vice presidential candidate Kamala Harris. But Kamala Harris was a loser as well. She, she was maybe even a bigger loser than Joe Biden because, you know, like Joe Biden, his failed 1988 bid for the nomination, Kamala Harris, she, she had flamed out in even more spectacular, spectacular fashion in her bid for the nomination in 2020. I mean, she withdrew from the race. I don't know. I mean, well, almost as soon as she announced her entry. I mean, donors were so enthusiastic about her prospects that they, they wouldn't write her a check. And supporters were so enamored with Kamala Harris that they wouldn't even host her events. This, this woman, I mean, she, she, she couldn't get anywhere. And so she dropped out of the race. But they picked her nonetheless because they wanted a woman of color. Joe Biden said, I'm going to pick a, a female woman of color. So he didn't have a choice. But this 2020 Democrat presidential ticket of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, I mean, look, they made the mediocre 2016 Houston Astros team. They made them look like the New York Yankees team from 1927. That's a stacked team with the Babe Ruth and so on and so forth. That's how bad they were, the 2020 presidential ticket for the Democrats. And then you had the Hunter Biden scandal broke. 
break, right? And that, that, that linked Joe Biden to these quid pro quo payments from the communist Chinese government. You know, it demonstrates his corruption. Uh, he was using his son and, and the, these, these enemy nations were using his son and giving him money to get access to Joe Biden. You know, this is typical in the Democratic Party. This is what they always do. The Clintons did it. The Bidens did it. So anyway, that should have eliminated their chances for victory. But of course, with the corrupt Facebooks and uh, Twitters and so on and so forth, well, they suppressed that story. They literally censored it. They would not let it be posted. And now, of course, we know that, well, we had the Hunter Biden laptop, right? That's where this information came from. But the, the, uh, the well, the tech oligarchy said, oh, well, that's fake news. It's Russian collusion. And so that story didn't really get out to the Democratic voter. And now, of course, we know the Hunter Biden laptop's real. It's all true. And they lied. But anyway... You've got, you've got a Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, two of the biggest losers in the history of America. And, um, you know, the Democratic Party, despite choosing these two, was eager to show the world that their 2020 presidential team had what it takes to win on election day, like the Astros. And the world, of course, on election night, watched in breathless anticipation as these votes were tallied. And when we, when we the American people, went to bed on election night, Donald Trump... I mean, it looked like he hit a walk-off home run to win re-election, right? But then, as he rounded the bases, what happened? The umpire called timeout. They stopped counting the votes for the evening, as we already talked about. All these states, multiple states, where Donald Trump held this commanding lead, well, they stopped counting the votes, and this was, this was dramatic, it was unprecedented in American politics. And then when we woke up the next morning... Wow, what do you know? Joe Biden had miraculously taken the lead in every single state that Donald Trump appeared certain to win. This was the most remarkable comeback in presidential election history, bar none. And the Democratic Party, you know, like A.J. Hinch, the manager for the Astros, well, they rushed to the microphones and they said, you know what, America, Joe Biden is the 46th president of the United States. Well, was he? Was he the 46th president of the United States? What about all the stuff we just talked about? Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We got to know. We got to, you know, they said that the people have spoken. Well, of course, we know that in the months leading up to the election, armies of Democrat voters, politicians, they swarmed the swing states that Donald Trump appeared poised to win, and they lobbied the cities and municipalities to change the voting laws, i.e., you know, Philadelphia. What happened there? What happened in Pennsylvania that we talked about with these constitutional violations by the Supreme Court? So while they're doing all this and they're pushing the mass mailing of tens of millions of unsolicited ballots to every voter in the country, they also were simultaneously fighting to eliminate the safeguards put in place to prevent voter fraud. They eliminated signature verifications. They prevented the purge of voter rolls so that the deceased and others that were no longer even living there or entitled to have a vote could be voted for. And they harvested ballots to their heart's content. Now, harvesting ballots, of course, is when you have someone else who's an intermediary, someone who, who goes to someone's house and takes the ballot for someone else, and they're the ones who deliver it at the polls. So obviously, that's a problem, all right? You have an option to talk to somebody, get them to change their ballot. I mean, it's a change of hand. The only person who delivers a ballot, except in very rare circumstances, should be the person who cast the vote. Nobody should be delivering that, that, that ballot except the person who cast, the ballot, cast their vote. So we talked about Pennsylvania. 
Uh, we talked about, of course, you know, um, this curing of ballots, right, where election officials, they contacted the voters whose mail-in ballots would have been disqualified so they could confirm signatures or fill in this missing information. But, you know, you don't have to be a constitutional lawyer to understand that it's illegal and unfair to cure some ballots in some cities, but not all cities, right? We had the poll watchers being prevented from access to monitor the vote counting process. I mean, look, in Philadelphia, the Supreme Court even intervened to ensure that poll watchers were not allowed within an appropriate distance to monitor the process. COVID, right? COVID, you know? COVID's the excuse for everything. But anyway, you know, this is like going to a restaurant and your public health inspector, right? You're going to conduct your kitchen health inspection and safety inspection, but you can't go in the kitchen. You got to do it from the dining room. I mean, you can't do your job. It's useless. You might as well not be there. We talked about the poll watchers uh, at State Farm Arena who were told to go home, and then the counting continued. But then, you know, we had hundreds of witnesses to malfeasance come forward. They signed sworn affidavits under penalty of perjury. I mean, that's an individual who's essentially saying, look, I will go to jail if it's discovered that I'm lying about what I am, you know, saying that I've witnessed in terms of malfeasance. So, of course, they, they you know, the Democrats wrote that off. You know, other people, they, people alleged they, they saw illegal backdating of mail-in ballots, so they would be counted. They alleged they watched destruction of ballots or sudden appearance of troves of ballots. People talked about, you know, the, the violation of the rules established for the handling and counting of ballots, chain of custody. The point is the Democrats were cheating, and they were cheating big. That's probably what Donald Trump might say. They were treating, cheating big. But, you know, by the time the cheating scandal was discovered and witnesses had come forward, I mean, Joe Biden, I mean, they rushed to declare him the winner of the 2020 presidential race. They established that phony office of the president-elect to basically make it, well, predetermined that he was going to be the victor. And then, of course, to make it scary for the Supreme Court or anyone else to come in and change things because they had rushed to give legitimacy to Joe Biden's election. And that was all by design. They knew it. Nobody's ever done that before. There's no such thing as an office of the president-elect. I mean, they immediately moved to do that. That's unprecedented. Why would you do that? Well, we know why. To make it harder and harder in the minds of anybody who would contest the election results to do so. Because they were making the American people believe that, well, Joe Biden's president. So, you know, it's too difficult now to come back and change things. And of course, in this case, so they declare him the winner. And just like the Astros, you could say he stole it, but the election couldn't be redone, could it? And Donald Trump couldn't be declared the winner instead, could he? I mean, here's the other problem, right? With the analogy that I think is important, right? So the Democrats, they always contended, or they, they, they eventually contended. At first they said, no, 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 no cheating took place. And they said, well, there's never enough cheating that could take place that would actually change and affect the outcome of the election. Yeah, there's some illegal votes cast, but not enough. I mean, I guess, the, you know, this is like the Astros. They could say, well, they did steal signs and they cheated, but, you know, the number of runs they scored or games they won because of the cheating, well, they, they could never have amounted to enough to significantly affect the outcome of their season. I mean, after all, they could only cheat at home games, right? Like the Democrats. They couldn't cheat in the red districts for the most part. They, they could cheat in Philadelphia. They could cheat in Atlanta, Georgia. They could cheat at home. And, um, you know, that's why I don't accept these, these funny results. But uh, I'll end there. Another time we'll have to talk about the contested election of 1876.
But I just want you to remember, you know, the Houston Astros and their World Series season is the same as 2020 and Joe Biden's alleged victory in 2020 with 80 million votes. All right, this is Drew Allen. Thank you for listening.